0: Hello again, and welcome to Rastlin' Memories Then and Now on Pioneer 90.1 FM KSRQ. You can check us out live if you're out of the FM area. You can go to our website, www.radionorthland.org. You can listen there live, but you can also listen if you happen to miss it at noon on Sunday in the Central Time Zone. You know, you forgot about it for whatever reason. It's cool. You can go to the website, go to the Rasslin' Memories page. we have all of our shows linked to a SoundCloud page for Radio Northland. You can't miss it. Or if you are out of the listening area and you want to listen in the moment, we're available via TuneIn. So lots of things to talk about, a lot of things to get across. My name is Glenn Broggett, along with the man back from uh, uh, one week's sabbatical. He went off uh, on another special assignment, and this is the uh, reason for this episode is as a result of the special assignment... He's there in his mobile studio as summer is starting to fade. Will the Temps help him out in that mobile studio? A big welcome to the grizzled vet, Mike McCurdy. Mike, welcome back for another round of wrestling memories then and now.
1: Oh, thank you, man. I'm always looking forward to this, and yeah, and it's it's in the '80s today in in Fort Worth. So you know, the mobile studio, we're not too bad. We're not. Uh, <clears throat> I don't think I'm gonna have to worry about uh, dying on the interstate as uh, Kenny Boland so eloquently put it a few weeks back.
0: We're going to have to get Kenny back on just to uh, maybe at the end, just in the fall, maybe late summer, just you know, for an update so he can check in on you and you can ch- check in on Kenny because you always got to check in on Kenny to see what's up.
1: There's something always going on with Kenny Bolton.
0: <laughs> and there's always something going on at wrestling memories and before we get into uh the conversation today with our guest uh yes there's uh ways for wrestling uh, wrestling memories then and now fans to connect of course on social media mike and uh the facebook pages are doing quite well for themselves we've uh, generated some pretty cool uh traffic the last couple of weeks uh at wrestling memories then and now facebook page and the facebook group page and uh, because of that i've been able to uh make some networking happen and you know hopefully as a result we can find some more guests uh you know to help out kind of a synergy sort of thing here this uh rasslin memories that and now pages
1: most definitely man i've been looking at the pages recently and uh i noticed i believe we're we're close to if not exceeded a thousand combined uh followers between the two pages so you know uh much appreciation to all those <clears throat> out there that are following us uh, on facebook and on that. Twitter, Instagram, you know, yes, I I still need to kind of get those up and running a little bit more. But you know, it's coming. Um, Our blog page, we got a blog page that's going to be going live pretty soon. So be able to share wrestling memories um, in print. So for the people like a little something to read on their, uh, you know, morning commute in the bus or subway or whatever, you know, gonna have a little another way for them to uh, hear some wrestling memories. So so, so good of things coming up uh, soon so
0: Abs- a- a absolutely, Mike and uh, you're gonna have to coax me a little bit, but I think once I get a little uh, nudge here and there, I'll, I'll be able to contribute to the blog page. Lots of good stuff going on. Uh, yes, uh, it's the fun. It's the wrestling memories then and now community on social media. and uh, yeah, no not really the hating crowd. We're kind of like the all-encompassing come on in, share some memories, post some stuff, just be cool with it sort of thing.
1: Yeah, nothing negative. No negative. Nobody's fighting about anything, you know, and and we've had a lot of, unfortunately, people that have passed here recently, and a lot of people have come onto our page to pay their respects to those, uh, you know, that we lost, so, you know, it's kind of a good thing. I'm, I'm really enjoying it.
0: Oh, absolutely, and we're going to keep it up, and you can join it, too. If you haven't already, go on over, like the page on Facebook, and you can also uh, go in and ask to join up uh, to the Facebook group, and it's going to be good times. You'll communicate with a myriad of people. But communicating is what we do here on Wrestling Memories then and now, and, you know, we do a lot of great stuff with the memories of yesterday, and, you know, Mike... Uh, we've been talking about this off the off off the microphone and just behind the scenes about you know dedicating a, a space for an episode for an episode at least once a month to kind of get a, a grip and get catch up with some of the kids and some of the veterans that are doing it down in the independent scene and it doesn't matter what part of the country we're very open to uh, whoever's got something cool and what's going down. But you you in particular have found a, a wonderful guest this week who's got a very interesting story and this is one of those where I'll I'll, I'll, I'll give you a shot t- from time to time. Time. But uh, I'm definitely going to be hitting you up with the hot tag more often than not because uh, it seems like you got a grip on who we have on today. And I'm going to hand over the mic to you, my friend, Mr. Michael McCurdy, the grizzled vet himself, to introduce today's guest and uh, ignite the conversation.
1: All right. Well, definitely, man. As you said, you know, wrestling memories, a lot of people in the past. But today is definitely, we're focusing on the now. Uh, the indie spotlight is something we're looking into. And um, this gentleman right here, our guest tonight, definitely in the indie spotlight. I'm learning more about him myself. Our guest, 24 years old, been in this business for 13 years. If you do the math, that's the age of 11. I did not know that, so I'm looking forward to hearing a little bit more about this. He's got a new promotion starting up here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, Pride and Glory Professional Wrestling, their first shows, back-to-back shows. This kid's starting off with a bang. He's going in back-to-back shows September 1st, September 2nd. I've done back-to-back shows. That's a tough Actor, follow the man, but he's starting off that way. So I'm looking forward to talking about that. Our guest today on Rastling Memories in and now is none other than Ashton Jacobs. Ashton, welcome to the show. Yeah. Thank you
2: Thank you for having me. This is pretty awesome. I mean, I mean, it's, I think it's uh, for me, this was kind of like a very humbling experience that someone uh, I was getting offered to do, a you know, do on this thing, on this show, the ratio. I'm like, Oh wow. Okay. This is awesome. So I'm just kind of sitting here like just thinking baffling, now, when you say I'm having back-to-back shows, I kind of think, like, "My man, holy crap! I'm putting myself really in there." But no, I just this is kind of something I always wanted to do. This is kind of wrestling's always been my passion. So, I, I thought in my head, it's "Like, well, man, I want to make a statement. I want to go out there and just have fun doing this stuff, and as well, giving back. That's kind of one of our things in our show is we want to give back. So, we every show we do is back and benefit by a nonprofit or a charity in that local Denton or DFW area. We want to help the local charities as well. So, our my show is just basically it's having fun and getting back. That's kind of what our main passion is for wrestling, and I just that's just something I've always been passionate about, anyways.
1: Well, some i want to kind of get into me because I met you 2014 when I uh, first came out for an 90s show. That's when I met. You know, you're a young guy, like I said, 24 years old. But you told me the other day, you've been in this business for 13 years. Yeah. You started training at the age of 11. <laughs> yeah. So going back, you know, as a child, what what did you see? What were your influences that made you go, I want to be a wrestler. This is what I want to do.
2: Uh, that That's actually interesting because, I mean, I remember um, I had my own wrestling ring <laughs> when I was around that age. And I, we basically put it together. I was messing around when I was really young. I jumped off the top rope. I hit a pothole on the ground and broke my foot. And there was a local promotion that I used to go to every weekly that was called XCW that was run by Knight Davis. And they got – we were really good friends with Knight Davis's dad, named we call him Pops. And they're like – and one other kid got hurt. He had another ring he got hurt, so they decided to train these two kids. Because, like, well, man, these kids are hurting themselves on rings they made. So – Let's, you know, let's bring them in and show them actually how to be per- trained professional wrestlers. Um, I was 11, and I think he was 11 at the time as well. And we were about around the same age. And <laughs> we, uh, we get in there, and they, 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 they drilled us. They were, they were It was torturous. But in my mind, I always wanted to be a professional wrestler ever since I was around eight years old um, because it's just, you know, that was just something I felt very passionate about. So when I, I got there, about, I think it was July Third is my first day of training, if I remember correctly, because my birthday is August fourth. That so, I remember I started there, and they just they, just they drilled us and drilled us. And I remember nights like, hey, you want to come back, and I remember looking, I'm like, of course I want to come back, and uh, and they just kept they kept drilling us for about I think uh, roughly about three to four months, and they finally let us go in the ring, and started training. And once I finally stepped in that ring, I was like, man, this is awesome. I'm, I'm living a dream that I always wanted to be, and I, in my mind when I was younger, I was like, man, I got to do something for the wrestling business that, you know, I want to be great in it. I want to be, I want to have, I want people to be, to look up to me and think, wow, man, this is a kid that started this young, and he just kept going and going, even though they told me I was going to be treated just like an adult with them. So I'm like, man, so I was thinking, it's like, all right. Let me see. I want to. I want to. I want to make a big impression for everyone. I want to be kind of like. Or I want to be a role model for younger kids that don't know what they want to be. I want to be kind of like. To me, wrestling is kind of a. Which that's where We're we're contractors. We're our own businessmen. I want to inspire other kids because we're basically entrepreneurs. I want to inspire other kids that don't know what want do. They don't know what they want to do. I want to make them live their dreams as entrepreneurs as well. I just I'm trying to make a role for this. And I always thank my my trainer, Knight Davis, for taking me in and teaching me so much. I mean, that man taught me a lot. And I would like to thank Rudy Boy Gonzalez for taking me in as well and just show me more than I could, thought I could imagine. And especially the the one that I thought was a really good impression was Danny Cage when I went to New Jersey. He, that man is, wow. I mean, it was just the dude and the knowledge he had was just throwing just like wow so this is what it takes to make it he would just throw like this is how you're going to make it into wrestling so here's here's just a platform and when I got the platform for everything I it kind of inspired me to run a wrestling show and to show a very positive light for a one to me a positive light that brings wrestling to a what's the best word to say it uh I want to bring it to a well more of a I guess a we're not we're really a charity but we're we're helping local uh, charities we're helping anyone that needs a need and that's kind of how i basically kind of got started i just it was first an accident came to
1: an opportunity and i just kept going ever since now um as a kid you know you're watching this on tv like all the rest of us did when we all grew up we're all fans if you're in this business you're a fan you're not you're not doing but as a child who were some of your influences who did you look up to on TV, or we saw as a kid, and that you wanted to emulate, that you kind of wanted to, you know, follow. Oh.
2: oh, I was a I was a massive fan of Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho, Kurt Angle. Those were really my three favorite. I just loved all the different their their way how they move. I love Chris Jericho's just unique style he did. I love Shawn Michaels' his presence he gave, and I love Kurt Angle's just he's you know to me wow a gold medalist and look at him move man. It was just every there was three wrestlers that I found that were entertaining where those three were you know ever I was just that's what kind of made me that's a lot be honest that's kind of the way I try to use my style in wrestling for myself is those three all' combine that's why I used now, I right.
1: Right. there you go. now what 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 did your family think about this? I mean you know eleven years old, you're like I want to be a wrestler I mean you know. My son is seven. He tells me he wants to be a wrestler, but he's seven. Um, if he <laughs> yeah. still wants to do that, you know, 10 years from now, great. But, you know, you look at it as a kid, you're like, okay, oh, yeah, you want to be a wrestler. Okay, go out and play wrestling because that's kind of what parents are. But what <laughs> does your family think about this when they realize just how serious you were?
2: Um, I, I remember when I got the offer to go train the first time, and I was telling my dad, I like, I want, I want to do this, I want to do this. And we used to go to the show every week, and we're really good friends with the owners, uh, Dad. So we're like, they're like, my dad's like, well, let's, let's, okay, let's see what you got. You know, my dad probably thought maybe it was a phase, um, but I was very passionate about it. And my dad was always supportive of, you know, like, if this is your dream, let's go for it. And so, I mean, even though I was about 11, but he just, he thought, you know, I loved wrestling so much. He's like, let's give it a shot, give it a shot. And after a while, I started training. My mom was worried about it because my mom was like, oh, I don't want you to get hurt. And I'm like, I'll be fine. Even though I was, I was like, yeah, I, I didn't know. I was so nervous when I first came to training. I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to expect. Uh, but no, my dad was really supportive of it. I mean, eventually, after a few months, I started training. He thought, man, this looks like fun. He started training as well, just to just as well to spend time with me as well. So I mean, we uh, we always joke because my dad was, uh, he saw his training, He's like, oh, I want to train, and he started at 38 years old starting training, but. Yeah, we just it was it became a very supportive thing. And my, I mean, my, like I said, my family, they just want they wanted me to follow my dreams. So I told them this was my dream. This is all I wanted to do. This is still all I want to do and nothing. I don't really want to do anything else. So, like I said, my dad, after a few months, he started training with them. And we've been wrestling ever since that. We just we keep going and still loving it.
1: Now, when did you I mean training at 11? When did you actually officially make your in-ring debut? Your, your first match. Oh, and what can you tell us about
2: that? Uh, my first match is when I was actually, it took, we trained for about seven months and I was 12 years old. My first match was in a, a battle, a battle box eight. It was, uh, against, uh, Miguel Macruz, they called him. And, uh, he was, it, it was funny because the, the, the start off with that was we had a storyline with it. They wanted to like, let's, let's have a storyline with this. I'm like, okay. He goes, you're going to have your first match. I remember Knight was telling me that. I was like, oh, really? And once he told me on my first match, I felt like my heart was about to pop down my chest because I was just excited and scared at the same time. And I was like, okay. And he goes, we're going to do a storyline where he's going to call you out in the middle of the ring. He's going to point around. He'll pick all the big guys, that security, and then he'll pick you as a kid. And, they, and basically how we started that was we all, they, we, it was cool. I, thought, I still love it. it was, they basically made like a, a training montage for the whole, the whole video because it was like, I think it was like two weeks or was it a week away before that, the, the battle box, the big show we had. Uh, but we did like a training montage to show like me training for like, for this match for like, I think it was, if I'm correct. It was about two weeks. And we just kept promoting it and promoting it. Showing this this little four foot 10 weight, a hundred and hundred pound kid uh, trying to learn how to become a wrestler. And it was just kind of cool. The, my first match I was going out there. I remember, I was a very, very shy person. Even even when I was excited to be in wrestling, I was very, very shy. And I remember uh, my parents were nervous of me going out because they thought maybe I wouldn't go out because I was very shy. And, they were, and I remember Knight was like, all right, buddy, we got to do this. And I remember before I went out on the entrance, I was like, okay, we got to do this. And Knight's like, he goes, you're not going to run, are you? I'm like, no, sir, no, sir. And I just remember going out there and just, I remember walking out the stage they had. It just, it felt like, this was what I was meant to be. I was like, man, this is amazing. It's just that you felt, I mean, I've done some like, you know, as a kid in, in school, done some, you know, like little things with little theater things for uh, the you know, just for school. But this felt like, it was like, man, this feels like, I, I felt like I was in WrestleMania. I felt like I was like in front of like 70,000 people when there was about roughly, I think about, I think it was about four or 500 people on that one. And it just, it felt like a wrestling like, This is amazing. But my first match went really interesting because he was a grown man going a grown man going against uh, a kid that uh that just got picked out of the place. Even though uh, it was a fun, it was a little fun story. Uh, I have I still have the DVD in my house and I watch it every now and then because it just looks kind of funny. Because uh, it was just it was just to me that was one of the most amazing experiences in my life
1: and I'll never
2: ever forget that.
1: Now you mentioned uh, Danny Cage and all. That's monster. Uh, that's the the monster Factory Mo- Monster Factory. For yes, sir. Yes, sir. The monster Factory. probably one of the you know most well known training schools in the U.S. Whether oh, you know, you went out there. Uh, what were you? What did you go out there to learn? I mean, was this more to learn the promoting game? Because at their school, they teach everything.
2: Oh yeah, um, I was. I was went there just because uh, Rudy Boy Gonzalez is the one that actually he was going down for the camp uh, like a few years ago. And I, I saw him going down. and I'm like, well, I always wanted to go down that school. So I asked Rudy, hey, can I come along? And the real goal for me was I, I, I was still trying to make it in the business. I was trying to, you know, try to work for a big company. And I was, and I, and personally, I just like learning. I always, I don't want to stop learning. That's kind of my method. I, ne- I, you know, you never really stop learning, but I want to keep learning and I don't want to just be in a rut. So I asked Rudy, hey, can I come along? And he goes, yeah, man, yeah, come on. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I, I ride with him. We rode for a very, very long we, – we left Wednesday, and I came back next Monday or something like that. No, actually, I think it was Tuesday. Um, we drove down there. It was amazing. But Danny – really, Danny was uh, – when I went down there, I was like, man, you go in his facility and just see how he runs things, it's just amazing. I mean, he literally runs like, hey, you want to you, you work for WD? He goes, raise your hand. I'm like – I remember I raised my hand, and everyone else raised their hand over like 90 people. And I remember he goes I, he goes, I believe you, I don't believe you, I believe you, I don't, I don't, I don't. He kept saying don't. I'm like, wow. And he was, you know, I love his, just his, his energy he gives. He's a, a man that truly loves wrestling. So does Rudy. Rudy. is just an awesome dude. He truly loves wrestling as well. So does Knight. Knight loves wrestling as well. So I feel like I was always around people that love wrestling and that I, that I feel. So I was like, man, But when Danny gets in there and you go to his camps, I mean, I've been to their camps at least. 10 times. I've been there 10 times because I just love going down there just for the knowledge and just the brotherhood. I mean, every t- even Rudy, he, I mean, that's the brotherhood. And Knight was a brotherhood. It was just – I always love going to places where everyone supports everyone and everyone loves everyone. And I just feel like, you know, Danny Cage, when you go there, he truly loves you there, and he wants you to succeed. Like he always tells everybody, I want everyone to have a WWE contract. And he goes, I, ser- I seriously do. Some of you might not get it, but I just want you to. Or be signed to Ring of Honor, TNA. You know, he would, just, he would just announce all these things, and he always wants you to succeed. He grinds you on social media. He grinds you on this, that, that. And i just like, man, this is awesome. He kind of reminds me of a drill instructor. And it was just amazing. And I just fell in love going down there. And going, I fell in love going with Danny because he was just, the dude's just an awesome, awesome guy. And I have oh, very highly respected him for so much since. What can you tell us about uh
1: about Rudy Boy Gonzalez? <laughs> Rudy Boy, I love Rudy Boy.
2: Um, I met I actually met Rudy Boy through night. Um, we uh, I remember it was a show I think in Decatur, the one we're actually running on the second. It was a um, it was um it was a building. Oh, what was that building's name? It's now a church now. Um, but uh, we met him at this building in Decatur, and I've heard story. Knight told me stories about him, so I was like, oh. He goes, you know, this is the man that runs Shawn Michaels' school. I'm like, oh, cool. You know, Shawn Michaels is one of my favorite wrestlers. I'm like, i I want to meet the guy. And I remember mean, the first time I met him, I was like, Hey, my name is Ashley. And he's like, Oh, hey, I'm Rudy. Yeah, I remember we were talking I remember I was just talking to him and I remember we did a show. I think I worked with one of his guys. I mean, I met him when I was how old was I? I was about fourteen when I met him. And ever since I uh I worked at um I worked as um worked, as a, worked as a show in Decatur. He, uh, we started talking and he's like, Hey, man, I, you know, I have a school if you want to come down. And I was like, Okay. And I remember around, I started working more shows and I started hanging out with Rudy and I started just, Rudy was just awesome. He kept giving me knowledge after knowledge after knowledge of just experiences about my matches. Hey, man, this is how you should fix this. How you do. And I'm like, Oh, man. I remember, I think I was 15. I went to go train with him for a little bit and I would come down every now and then and go train with him. And every time I went down, I just learned something new or I found something out that, I was doing wrong this whole time and I'd never really realized it. So I remember I would just keep going. And I remember one time, uh, I went to go down and do a Brian Kendrick seminar. I just went, I was in San Antonio at the time and there was a Brian Kendrick seminar that he was showing. And I remember, uh, going over there, I was like, and just, I probably won't learn one of the most, uh, important things to me. And it sticks in my head every day since Brian Kendrick said it. He always said, you know, uh, that your dreams are not chasing you. So you better go get them. And I just remember that sticking with my head and I remember after that they had to go do a show McAllen. Well, my my thing is if I know there's like if Rudy's going somewhere I'm going to ask, "Hey, well, can I tag along?" I'm not I don't know if I'm going to work the show, but I want to just learn. I want to keep I want to be in the car and still learn, just hearing their just their, their knowledge and just how what they have experienced. And I remember Reed looked at me, like, shocking, like, like you want to go? I was like, yeah, I want to go. I want to go on the show. And he goes, you might not work. I'm like, that's cool. I just want to come on the, on the ride. And to me, that was probably one of the coolest things was, you know, you get to ride with Rebel Gonzalez, and then you get to ride with um, Brian Kendrick and just listen to the stories. They just unfold, and it's just like, wow. And then it's the, it was the funny thing is uh, when we get down there, um, I was just kind of just listening to Brian Kendrick talk some more, and Rudy Boy talking It's like, man. There's so much stuff I'm learning, and I'm not even wrestling, and you don't really have to wrestle to learn. Just listening is mostly learning. And I was like, man, this is some cool stuff. This is awesome. I'm getting to ride with two legends. And and I remember uh, they were like, hey, you want to work the show? I'm like, what? They're like, yeah. And I was like, oh. And I remember working the show, and, and I, got a massive, I got a massive praise from Brian Kendrick watching my match. He's like, dude, that was awesome. You did this, and you did that. I'm like, oh. And to me, that was very – to me humbling I mean I got a praise from a man that known very highly respected I'm like wow I got I mean it was it was it was kind of like very heartwarming to me and I remember Rudy he started when Rudy would give me criticism and I remember Rudy did praise me on one match and it was like oh man it was when I when I got praised I mean I don't really look for praise when I wrestle I just I try to do the best I can and I give it 100 percent. that's all I can do that's all I can give and I just want people to be entertained so I uh, when Rudy Boy praises me and, and even Dave Cage praises me, it was just like, even when Knight praises me, it was like, oh man, this is awesome. I I feel like I accomplished what I was looking for. But yeah, Rudy Boy's awesome. When you ride with him, he he's a ho- he's a hoot. He loves messing with people. He loves this. He's an awesome dude. He's just a
1: love man. I love
2: Rudy. He's awesome.
1: I've had a chance to talk with him a couple different times. Uh, interviewed him on a past show I did, and Rudy is uh, not one of the best trainers, but a very honest man too. So yeah Rudy pulls no yeah, up absolutely
2: oh yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, you know now you talk about praise a little bit though, man I can I, I'm gonna give you a little bit of my own. I met you in two thousand fourteen that was the uh at the Cindera Center. Jim Cornett returned to Texas for the first time, and all I got that was my chance to meet you. thought it was a great yeah. match you worked. It was you Thomas Shire, and I believe Gregory James in a triple threat was the match but oh, yeah, with the submission, squad. Yeah. yeah, with the submission squad, that's right, six man tag that's right. the three viewer tagged that, yeah. that's right. Four years, age, you know, can't remember things very well. But yeah. I've always been impressed with your work, but I've always been impressed with you, you know, outside of the ring because, you know, you're you're very, you know, like you said, you're kind of a humble guy. You're you're very polite to everybody. You're very friendly. And sometimes in this business, you don't find that. And that's one thing that they should teach young up-and-comers, you know, is you need to be, you know, more open, more friendly you know, to those that are coming in. And, I man, you've yeah. got that in spades. I'm going to give you that right now. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Yeah, I was. I always try to make people feel welcome because, you know I I, you know, I I always think in my head, you don't know what they're going through on that day. You don't know if there's a bad problem with the family or anything. I tried to keep it... I always was taught, in, in my in my family, my family always taught me, you know, always be respectful and always kind to everybody. So, and, and wrestling kind of, to me, is the same way how I was taught. You always want to shake everyone's hand. You always want to make sure you talk to them because, I mean, and make them feel welcome because, like I always say, you never know what they went through that day. You don't know if they had a really bad day and just a lot of things didn't go wrong that went wrong. And you're like, and you just want to make sure they know that you're welcome somewhere at least, even cause I mean, I know some wrestlers that, you know, they come in, they're not very happy and you're just like, you? and to me, I'm like, I wonder what's wrong with them. And, and so I'll go talk to them or I'll just see, like, I just want to give them a smile and just say, and I'm just saying glad I'm glad to see you, man. And to me, that's just something to in wrestling. That's why I love about wrestling. It's a brotherhood. It's a brotherhood to me. So, you know, they're all my family. So I want to make sure my family's okay. So I, that's kind of why I always tell people it's good to be friendly and very humble. It's always good to be humble because, like I said, you never stop learning. So if you feel like you stop learning, then I feel like some people lose being humble. And I just – I don't – I can't understand how you can stop learning in wrestling because, I mean, there's so many different styles of a lockup that you can learn. I mean, it's, it's to me that's just – maybe my mom, I just like to be uh, very – i just a very nice person to everybody because they're my family.
1: I was told by uh, Jeremy Blanchard, a wrestler in Oregon. He wrestled in Memphis and all, too. But I got told by him that if you ever stop learning, it's time to hang up your boots.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, That's how he put it. Another guy you got to train with, um, we talked about this at a show recently. You got to uh, go to a seminar or training camp with Les Thatcher.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, now, what classic. was
1: that like? Because that's you know Les Thatcher or Harley Race. What was that like?
2: That was that to me. I mean, when he was saying he's been wrestling for he's been he's been in business for fifty eight years, and I'm like, I was like, wait, I want I heard that, I was like, wait, how old are you? Uh, and I remember, I was remember just we're learning from that man is amazing. Like that guy, uh, I mean, he's the creator of one of the drills. Off. We even I do. It's called five five and five or the triple five. He uh, he created that drill and learning from that guy is awesome because he's just he's the old school basic guy and he goes he loves you know if you lock up and you make it seem serious he's just like oh yes great and he just he was that dude had that dude I was I was impressed that dude could still hit the ropes he could still take a bump I'm like wow I mean he's probably in his seventies late seventies I think or maybe seventies um, and he could still move and I'm like wow. And just the man that that dude has a lot of passion. He uh he he loves this business like no other, and just learning from him and just learning the basics of you know he goes you know what's old is new now because not everyone's doing some of the old stuff, and he would just show us some cool like just cool little chain moves. I'm like ah oh, dude that I I I'm like I'm like oh I never thought of that way. He he loves you know he always comes out and he tells you hey guys he goes what's just the first thing you meet him with is he goes all right guys we're gonna do five five and five. The same drill I've done so many times. I'm like, okay, I'm, re- I'm ready to do this. I know the drill. And then he'd be like, all right, guys, we're going to do a pin drill. Okay. And keep in mind, he, he made us go fast on this. So we had, like, 25 guys. So we had to do, like, one person that stayed in the ring. It was, like, pin drills. And then we kept swapping, and eventually we got tired. He kind of laughed because that's what he was trying to do. But when we get in the ring and it was time to chain wrestle, it was – it reminded me of, like, Rip Rogers. Rick Rogers, when, we were at Mont- when he came to the Monster Factory, he made his chain for like an hour and 30 minutes straight. But Les was more about, he just wanted to show everybody, this is how wrestling really is. He wants to show you the, the true nature of wrestling. And it, to me, that was awesome just to see, you know, a, a massive legend, a man that's an icon to wrestling that's trained over three to four dozen wrestlers that have been made it to the big leagues. I mean, you're, you're looking at a freaking amazing legacy right there he has. And learning from him was just, to me, was worth everything I thought. Because I always wanted to meet the man. And when he came to Monk's factory, I finally got a chance to meet him. And it was just, to me, it was one of the best things ever. All
1: right, well, We're going to talk about pride and glory here uh, in just a moment. But I'd like to kind of give right. the tag out to uh, Glenn there for a minute. I'm sure he might have a question or two for our guests. So, Glenn, I'm going
0: to hand the mic over to you. Hey, yeah, absolutely. Been sitting back and enjoying the conversation, uh, Mike, that you've been having with our guest Ashton Jacobs on this edition of wrestling Memories Then and Now. You talked about uh, going to these 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 camps or these mini seminars. Uh, you, you mentioned Les Thatcher uh, and gleaning knowledge off of him. Uh, there is also Rip Rogers. I want to talk about uh, some of the others if you've uh, been involved, but that you have been involved with, rather, including what what it was like with, with Rip Rogers aside. Uh, you mentioned less, you kind of just gave us a little taste of what Rip was about. Talk about Rip and some of the other camps that you were ahead, the good fortune to be able to, uh, to, to get into and to try out and to kind of glean some knowledge from these guys, because it's a really good time now when you have some of these vets of the ring, uh, taking these uh, little workshops on the road, the way they do.
2: Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've, I've worked Rip with Austin. Awesome. He, uh, he was at the monster factor as well. And uh, that dude, uh, he, he, he's like, he goes, all right, man, he goes, you walk in uh, every every word is the F word. So it's like, Oh, and it just, it's very, and he, he was awesome. Cause, um, he would, uh, he would go, okay guys, he goes, we're going to do what I always do. He goes, we're going to chain wrestle until I tell you all to stop. But basically, basically it was about our, we in monster factory, they would do two hour intervals with different uh, trainers. So we had a chain wrestle for about an hour and 30 minutes. And he basically would, and what I thought was cool is we would chain wrestle. And then he'll he'll tell us to be in a specific hold. And then it'll be a hold that's like, okay, this is kind of hard to get out of. He'd be like, all right, now try to get out of it. And you're just kind of like, oh, okay. And he would make us keep doing that until basically after an hour and 30 minutes of just chain wrestling, you start getting kind of tired because you're just like, okay, we keep doing this, we keep doing that, and we keep moving around because he's like, don't you dare slow down. And he, he always tells us, never slow down. But, man, the man was awesome because, I mean, what you learned about him is just he'd tell you funny stories about, you know, um, macho Man, Randy Savage, just uh, some funny stories. But what well, he always wanted to teach people is, you know, you know, he, he was very passionate about the basics, more than anything, I think. He, he always wanted to – that's why he made us chain for an hour and 30 minutes. He just wanted us to think. He wanted us to, like, all right, if you get in this scenario and you get stuck in this, cool, you got this hold to fix something. And actually, if he puts you in this hold and you're stuck somewhere, you know how to get out of it he would just kind of teach us basically ways to keep us safe. He wanted everyone to be safe. And then he was almost – I remember he was uh, going to make us work almost uh, doing like an hour-long match. He was going to pick two people to do an hour-long match, but we didn't have time for that. But he didn't make us do a really, really gruesome drill that made the whole tarp completely soaked. It was, um, it was a weird like uh, hit the ropes, clothesline, tackle, back by drop maybe or hit toss. It was, he, would just, he was kind of drilling us, but he was trying to teach us how to protect ourselves in any way, shape, or form of a move or hold, and it was just like, oh wow! I mean, I just felt like I said I felt like I was like, man, this is amazing, and like I said, Rip is just an awesome dude to learn from, me. and I love his passion as well because I remember at the camp he came in at three. It was a uh, we were uh, I come in. We, they have, Danny always lets people come in at like at a, on a Thursday if the camp is coming on a Friday if you want to train with the guys. So I would fly in on Thursday <laughs> and train with them. Well, I remember Rip Rogers comes up and uh he goes all right guys he goes i'll see y'all early in the morning we're gonna start and he was like i remember if we get we wake up around like i think it was like we were gonna start at nine he was there at like 8 mm-hmm. 30 he goes he goes watch already he goes i just hit the gym already i just worked out for about an hour or two he goes i'm ready to go and i remember <laughs> the guy that he brought in was like yeah we did work out for about two hours and he hardly slept at all and i was like oh wow he's like let's get in let's go in the ring i remember Dave's like all right guys let's get started and he was just he was ready to go and he was he had. he's one of the guys that has just, even his age, he has a great energy. He's always energized. He's always ready. He just, he just, it's awesome to feel. It's more of like you feel really hyped that he's hyped. Because it's like, man, this man that I know has been in wrestling for so long, he, he just has the st- same passion as a guy that's in his 20s. It's just like, wow, this is awesome. And, things- and he's Like I said, he's an amazing dude. And, I mean, some of the seminars I've done was with Lance Hoyt. I've done a few with Lance Hoyt. And that man, he's, he taught me a lot as well. And he, he basically was uh, a, a man that just like, you know, hey, man, if you want to make it, go. Just get it. Go for it. Don't waste time. Get it done. He goes, how hard are you working in the gym? How hard are you working in promos? How hard are you working in the ring? You better get it done because, you know what, you don't got a lot of time left. I mean, he was, he was honest, and it was amazing. And, you know, Ronnie Mack and Jazz were people that, you know, were awesome people to work with in seminars. And they would come to our school every now and then and just come train. And it was just like, man, these people are – they're just awesome people. They were just they, – they, they taught us a lot about just how to protect yourself just from falling, just from a bump. They would, they would teach us how, like, to really strengthen your neck and how to make sure if you take – you, you will never take a bad bump. And they're just, you know, like the Brian Kierdick seminar – you know, your dreams are not chasing you, so you better go get them. I always thought, you know, he would teach us that. And he was basically, what he was teaching us was more about life. That seminar was more about life. It wasn't, it was more about just experiences and how you should, you, you know, I, my favorite thing he always says, you know, it's, have, have you ever been hungry for the business? Have you ever, you know, slept in your own car? Have you ever slept in your car? Or you had to sleep in your car because you didn't have any money to pay for gas or food? Have you ever had, you know, just to be almost basically homeless? for days and days and months and like weeks and months. And he, because he's like, I had to do that. He goes, are you willing to sacrifice that much? And I just remember Brian Kidd- when Brian Kiddick said, I was like, man, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll do it. I have no problem doing that. And some people aren't are, weren't too keen on doing that, you know, and then there's Try Haas, the man that, oh man, that guy is awesome. Yeah. He was a, he came to the Institute in XW, XW, and he was a, he was a cool dude because he was just—he trying – I remember the first thing we did, he goes, all right, guys, he goes, I want you all to line up, and he would lock up with us because he just wanted to see how we locked up and seeing if that was proper because he, he wanted to make sure that we knew how to lock up and we were in the right positioning. And then he would just show us some unique ways of just doing storylines and like, hey, man, how would you sell this and how would you do that? Um, there was um, – I'm trying to think. I'm, I mean, my, I've done a few Ring of Honor tryouts, and those were probably the thing that I feel like got me – where I am today in wrestling. I feel like the Ring of I've done I've done three Ring of Honor tryouts, and the men that taught me how... Basically, basically almost reprogrammed me in a way that how I wrestle now, it was Jay Lethal, uh, Truth Martini, Kevin Kelly, and Brutal Bob Evans, and the Briscoe Brothers. Those, those guys, were when I went to those camps for three times in a row, they taught me so much that I feel like that's how I wrestle nowadays. Like, I learned those the things I do in the ring is from them now. And because they, they just reprogram like, Hey man, this is how you have to do it now. I mean, if you really want to work somewhere now, it's like, this is the style. This is how you should move. This is how you should do it now. And I'm like, okay, so all right. And I remember, um, and Kevin Kelly is a a big help to me as well. Cause I mean, I remember coming to Monster cause I didn't go, I went to, I went to ring of honor when I was 19 and I kept going back for about uh, two more times after that. And Kevin Kelly seemed to kind of like me there. And I remember, like, I think it was actually it was about around when I was 23, uh, early 23, I, I was doing, they, in Monster Factory, they do a promo room. And I went to do a promo. And he, uh, I, was, I was cutting one, and I cut one, and he looked at me funny. I'm like, oh, why does he look at me Because I remember him. I just didn't think he would remember me because he sees so many people on a daily day basis. Uh, and he goes, I, I know you. And I'm like, I was like, oh, really? He goes, he goes, yeah. Uh, you're you're Ashton, right? And I remember, like, I was like, he goes, you the your your dad brought you uh, to the the tryout because they won't let you rent a car because I wasn't 25. <laughs> um, and I was like, "Oh yes, yes sir." He goes, "Yeah, man," and he was excited to see me. He was really excited because he thought it was really cool because my dad had to my dad had to bring me, and because uh, I I paid. I was like, I was that's my third I remember I was gonna I was going, and I was like. They're like, oh, yeah, you can't rent a car, really, unless you've got to you know pay a, a big fee. I was like, well, man, I can't really afford that much. I mean, I was kind of just trying to pay for a ticket there. And I told my dad, like, hey, I'll pay for your ticket if you can rent a car for me. And he goes, and he goes okay. I remember we come down, and I remember my dad's like, hey, it's okay if I stay at the Ring of Honor in the camp? I don't want to, you know, intrude. And they're like, no, you can come in. We don't mind. <laughs> and after that, that's how he remembers me, because my dad and I used to come down and – to do the tryout camps, and he thought that was so cool. There was a father and son being, that were working together and just actually having family time as well during a tryout for Ring of Honor. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, it's very memorable, too, you know, and that's a part of the thing about, you know, you can be the greatest, most well-skilled kid, kid coming up, but you got to have things that can distinguish yourself from the pack. And in this day and age with social media, it is about even in all areas of entertainment, it's like you have to become some sort of uh, of your own brand on top of, you know, just being who you are. Uh, what has it been like to, uh, you know, kind of get yourself out there via the, using the means of social media? Because what, what used to be just passed around cards uh, throughout the territory has gotten into the era now where you can do quick messages you can talk to any promoter anywhere basically uh just by a, a type or a skype
2: yep absolutely i mean a lot of my connections i mean how i found the, the monster factory at first was through twitter it was Dave cage going crazy on twitter i was like oh who, who's this guy and he's running a school i wanted i looked him up and i'm like holy crap this school is amazing i mean social media was really the reason i found a lot of people just to learn from, like the reason R- Ring of Honor was doing tryouts back then. I remember uh, it just—it was like a—it was like a. I think it was their first time doing a Facebook post with it, and I just saw it and I signed up. I was like, "Oh wow, Ring of Honor is doing something!" And I just remember—I I forgot who shared it. I just wish I remember who shared it because <clears throat> someone told me to go do it. And to be honest, like social media is kind of crazy. How you know you find things and people find you to do things, like to do shows for. I remember, I, I remember. Dusty Wolf kind of asked us one day, just messaged me. And my dad's like, hey, um, I got a guy that wants to run a show in Kansas. want to go do it? It's like, oh, yeah, we'll go down. I mean, it's, it's pretty impressive how most in social media you find. I find people that, you know, they're like, hey, man, I remember watching this. So I'm like, you watch, like, wait, when was that? I mean, I'm trying to remember some of the shows I've done. <laughs> uh, but it's, to me, social media is kind of, I, I love social media. A lot of people don't like it. I mean, for you know, cause some reasons, people don't like him. I mean, that's fine. But for me, I think wrestling, social media is the biggest thing. And like my, my favorite thing Danny always says, he'll grab his phone. And he goes, this is your business card. He goes, there is, He goes, you can literally, he always makes a joke, you could be sitting on the toilet and promoting yourself multiple times over. And, you know, I mean, Danny Cage is like, I always tell people, that's the workhorse of, of pro wrestling. That dude just, he just. He works on, he has, like, I think he said he has, like, five accounts on Facebook. Uh, I think it was five or maybe four. And he has, like, three older social medias and two websites he has to manage. I mean, the guy's always working. And that's one thing that's kind of inspiring to watch because that dude just never, we, everyone says he never sleeps, basically. He always, he's always working into wrestling. And it's just, to me, that was kind of inspiring, too, because, you know, it's like, it, like I always tell, I tell myself, you know, if I can at least work as, half, as hard as he can, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing that's, – that's, you know, that you're, you're working a way to success because he's – I feel like he's very successful in that. He does, he, he's, like, made to, you know, just promote and work on social media over and over and over. I mean, I, I'll see him I see him on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. He's just promoting, promoting, promoting. And it's just like, man, look at him go. It's like, man, it kind of encourages me. So I'm like, I got to promote now. It's like, <laughs> I got to get this show to get set up. I want, I'm trying to get, like, I'm going to get, like, 600 people here.
0: It's just that thing that just keeps you going, keeps you uh, lit. Uh, I'm going to bring it back over to uh, Mike McCurdy uh, as we are getting into uh, – well, we've got a good few minutes left in the program here, uh, but I want to have Mike uh, back in. It was wonderful speaking with you. But Mr. Uh, Mc- McCurdy, I, uh, Mr. McCurdy, I know he's he's loaded for bear. He's had so many questions. I could just hear him in his mobile studio right now saying, Glenn, I think it's time to give me your cue.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm just waiting for my tag, man. No, we're going to go <laughs> on here. We're going to talk Hot a little day. bit about uh, – about Pride and Glory Professional Wrestling. Their debut show, September 1st and September 2nd. So I want to talk a little bit about this, because when I talked to Ashton, he told me that promoting is kind of one of the things he's always wanted to do. So I'd kind of like to hear a little bit more about what got you interested in promoting. Why is that something you want to do? Because I've done it, and it, it's a job. It is hard. And and just a little bit about the start of Pride and Glory Professional Wrestling.
2: Well, the reason I wanted to run was that was kind of even when I was starting out at twelve, I always wanted to run a company. That was always kind of a dream of mine. Um, I never, I mean, I, I I did want to work for the W D at one point, but that was the my 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 main focus because I would think you know you would say you work for the WB and you know you only work for a few years and it kind of stops and you you know you you just don't work there anymore. Well, I always thought in my head that if that, if that did happen, I need to have something after. You know, I have to. I always like to think, you know, a little bit longer distance. And I, I'm always been like that. I always think, you know, wait, far like 10 years, what do I need my do in 10 years, what's going to happen to me in 10 years. And what can I do to fix what I'm going to be doing now? So I was thinking, well, I always wanted to run a show. And that's kind of how I was thinking. I was like, all right, I want to run a show. And I just, I don't know, maybe, and when I saw, I've seen kids that don't know what they want to do. So I'm seeing kids that are younger than me. Like, I don't know if I want to go to college. I don't, I'm like, what about you, you want to run your own business? Cause like I always tell people, wrestlers are their own contractors. They, they're their own businessmen. They are, they're entrepreneurs and the, I think the biggest, high, 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 basically, they're basically, I might explain it, they're basically the highest of their own promoters. They're basically their own agent, their own businessman, their own boss, their own worker. So I try to, uh, I wanted to like inspire them to be their own boss. But the reason I got into it was because, I don't know, just I, I know it's kind of weird. A lot of people kept asking me to run. They would ask me or my dad, "Hey, why?" Don't, like a lot of like our veterans or just people that we are really connected with in around the, the Denton area. Like, "Hey, why don't you ever run a show?" I'm like, "What?" They're like, "Yeah, you know, hey, we'll sponsor you, run a show." I'm like,
1: "Uh,"
2: I remember saying I was kind of like caught off guard. I'm like, "Um, okay." And then, uh, and then, there, and we were just getting ha- ha- hassled by a lot of people that knew we were wrestlers, but they sometimes never got a chance to see us wrestle. So we're like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we we're, uh, were like, well, I, I told myself, I don't want to just run a show. Because um, my, my main focus, I always want to help. I always like helping people out. I, lo- I, love just be- I love just helping people. And so I was like, well, Dad, I don't want to do a show just for a show. I want to do a show that's always going to be backed by something, always going to help other people. It's not for our own benefit. We're not, I don't want to do it just for my own benefit. I want to help other people out. And my dad's like, "All right," he goes, "Look for a name. We'll we'll figure it out." And I kept looking for a name. I it literally took me two weeks to think of this name because I just didn't want to. I didn't want to take a name, and someone already has it. So I was like, "Okay." um I remember I thought myself, "Pride in Pride and Glory," and they're like, and my dad's like, "That's an awesome name, Pride and Glory Wrestling." And and then my dad's like, "So what does it mean?" And I sat there. I was like, well no one my dad's like, What does it mean? I'm like, Well, no one has it and he goes, Well, the name has to mean something. I was like, Oh, that's true. And um I've I've always uh I've been, you know, I've done my myself like what does it mean to me? And and I always tell people it it can mean anything to you what you when you see the name. But to me it's uh pride in America and glory to God. That's how I see it. And mm-hmm. I mean, like, our, verse, our very first, uh, our very first uh, benefit we're helping with is Patron Anglers. And they were the guys that I always thought, you know, had a great system. Like, they basically, they, they take combat-wounded vets on an expense based fly-fishing trip. They, uh, they help them heal because the guy that actually owns it, uh, he's a uh, named uh, Lou Duckwall. He was a marine, a marine sniper. He got electrocuted and fell, like, from four stories uh, when he was in um, Iraq. And... He, uh, when he, when I heard his story and I heard what he does and how he helps veterans, he, he calls them almost on a daily basis. If he feels like there's something wrong, he's taken over 600 vets on an all expense five, five fishing trip for about since for five years. And I thought, when I saw that, I was like, you know what? I want to benefit him. I want, I want him to come. I want him to be in our show and I want him to, help, I want to help him make money. Cause I mean, he just, all he does is just take vets and, you know, and I'm like, I mean, I'm, I'm massive. My dad's been in the Marine Corps for 27 years. I mean, I, I'm I'm from a lineage of family in the military, um, and I just I just want to help vets. I want to help people out. There's other people I want to help out as well. Like we have a local char- we have a local place that takes uh rescues uh pets that are called Mutley's Farm. They uh, they take uh, dogs that are about to euthanize, and and they'll actually pay to bring them out of other sta- other states. And I mean, there's a lot of people I want to help out here. There's a lot of local charities that people don't know about, and they're they're struggling. And they're great charities, but they're still struggling. So I want to. That's what Pride and Glory is really all about. We're here to help them as well. We're here to be a wrestling show, but we're there to help them as well. So that's kind of how we got started, and that's how I always thought myself. You know, like this is. I always tell them there's a reason I'm. I was just kind of fell on me. There's a reason because I love. I love pushing myself. I love finding ways to really tax myself mentally. I love doing that. I love figuring out. Okay. All right, I need to. I got to do the best I can because I want to bring. I want to bring in six hundred people. I want a lot of people to come down to the show because it it helps that chair. It helps that charity. It helps that nonprofit. It helps it, to me. It makes me feel better. I don't really be honest. I don't really. I you know, if I break even, I'm happy. If they made lots of, if the charity made lots of money, I'm even happier. You know, that's just how I see it. I don't. I'm. I'm not really doing it for for me. I don't really care about the money. I just really just want to help people out and help the local charities around our town and just bring wrestling to them all together. I want everyone to know, Oh, there's wrestling here. Let's go see more wrestling. Let's go. And not just our show, but they want to go see more wrestling. Maybe I, I find, I find fans that, well, I won't, I didn't find someone, let's say a wrestler was not wrestling. or not wrestling fans, but they wanted to help the charity. Also, they become wrestling fans. And now they go to all the other wrestling shows in our local DFW area. Cause just because that one show I brought them in, cause they just wanted to help out the charity and they didn't really care for it. For wrestling, and then all of a sudden they love it, and that's kind of what I wanted to do. I want to bring in these people to, you know, just which I just want to bring, branch out in a different way in wrestling.
1: So, what have been some of the the, the things you found about promoting? Because you talk about busy, it's your work. If you're a promoter, you're, it's twenty four seven. You don't you don't oh, take yeah, a break even, unless you get to sleep for a few minutes. what are some of the things that you you found that you didn't know, or you found that you've actually enjoyed, didn't like, whichever well oh,
2: it's funny because i mean i I love just going out my, my, it's funny because promoting to me is kind of fun I don't know why uh, I love going out to talk to people and promoting um I love you know i uh like we would go to the Texas Roadhouse or we would go to the fair or we'll go to uh there's uh, places that don't care that we promote at all they, like Texas Roadhouse in their, in the Denton area is amazing because they'd be like Hey, are you' going to come down to promote?" I'm like "Sure uh i remember I, I love talking to people and to me, I don't feel like I'm I, – I first, at first I'm like, man, at first I was kind of hard because I didn't know
1: – even
2: though I kind of was learning from like Danny Cage and all the bigger name guys that were, you know, Danny Cage, Rudy, and Knight that I learned from them. But I didn't really know how to interact with the conversation at first. And then now I could just go out there and just talk to people because I just love talking to people. And I just wanted – and it's, if there's so many people I've met that are very interesting people outside of it, it's like, wow. And, like, one dude's like, oh, man, he goes, I haven't watched wrestling in, like, since the Von Eric days. I was like, oh, really? He goes, why don't you, make it, why don't you come out and uh, see what you think of it now? And, he, and I remember one dude's like, you know what? Yeah, let me, I'll come out. I'll come out. I was like, I'm like, oh, sweet. That was easy. That was, like, the first time I have actually got a chance to talk to people. And then now it's like people just want to talk to me because they're like, so what's patron? What's the, like, the first, because I always tell them, hey, this is a show. We're crying glory. We're running a show that's helping a nonprofit called Patron Anglers. They take combat wounded vets. Fly fishing, and when I tell them that, they go, "Okay, let me see this." And it's like, so y'all, y'all benefit a wrestling benefit show, and I always explain, like, "No, we're a we're a business, we're a wrestling business that helps nonprofits and charities." That's kind of our goal in everything else. We always tell them that's how we do things, and they're like, "Oh, that's really cool." And but the promoting part to me was really kind of, I was trying to get a hand, and you're like, you're kind of like, you know, when you're first doing it, you're like, "All right, uh, I think I'm doing that right. Let's see." But as I keep going along, and I I, like I said, I keep learning how to promote. To me, it's just it's it. To me now, it's becoming fun because you know you get people that call you for you you know you get calls and you're like, hey, I want tickets, I want tickets. It's like, oh, sweet. And just because, I mean, I'm just I'm I'm just kind of the guy that's like, you know, I'll be honest, I that was my dream, but I didn't know when I was ever going to start running a show. I really didn't know. It it just it kind of fell on my lap. When my, my dad was doing all these kind of – my dad works with so many veteran organizations, and they were just like – they were just saying, hey, why don't we do a show? Why don't we do a show? And they just – and then they were like – then my dad's like, would you be interested in doing a show? I was like, absolutely. And because he's like, we're having all these people who are doing it. So it kind of fell in my lap. And, and like I was telling people, there's always, there's always a reason for something. So I always – I was like, this has to be – because, I mean, my biggest dream was to run a big promotion. So I'm thinking, okay, let's see. All right, let's, let's see what's promoting. I remember I, remember I got frustrated at first because, like, all right, how am I going to promote? What am I going to do? How am I going to go? I remember I used to go to – I was going to freaking building to building to building, and, you know, you're – and some people tell you no, of course, and you're like, oh, that's all right. And, you know, but I was just like, all right, wh- what do I need to do right? I need – at first I was like – someone told me, like, why don't you promote on social media more? And I'm like, you know, that's probably the best thing. And I, after I started promoting more on social media and realizing – that you know, you have to go to like their like little social media news newsletters and stuff and all that kind of stuff that have like the news for them. And you talk to those people, and they promote for you. It really does help me out that I found out. Uh, I found out kind of co- not quickly, but kind of in the, like mid time while I was promoting after two months. Because I only had like two months to promote. Uh, that two month time, I'd say about a month later, I learned how to finally understand how I should promote my show in in, in a wrestling manner around
1: Denton. Well, I hope we can uh, help you in uh, promoting your show with you being on uh, this edition of Wrestling Memories in and out, and send me some information, and I'll make sure that Glenn and I get it up on our uh, Facebook pages for the show and for Patriot Anglers because that sounds like a great charity, man. And I mean, we all we all need to help out a little bit, even if it's just sure. you know a small a dollar here and there. Every little bit helps charities like that. Oh, that's something I think we can help with, and I speak for Glenn. I think we'd be more happy to do that. But I'm going to pass it oh, over thank thank to uh, Glenn here because I think we're about ready. We're getting in towards the the timekeeper there. So going to pass it over to Glenn, see if he's right. got any last more questions.
0: Well, I think the timekeeper right. here is giving me the look, man. Time is about uh, ready to run down here on this edition of Rasslin Memories Then and Now. A big thank you uh, to Mr. Ashton Jacobs. It was wonderful to get to know you, sir, and to find out what kind of things you've got cooking down there in your home state, in your area wonderful state of Texas. And uh, yeah, Mike, this was also a good thing. Uh, we're going to try to make this at a least a once-a-month thing to have an indie spotlight. And this was a, a very well done and, and just a very fun interview. And it was really cool, Ashton, to get to know you, man.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me. This was a blast. I, I enjoyed Just This was something that, you know, I, I was like, this is kind of like I tell people, this is my, my dream. So I'm like, this is, in this part, is like amazing because I get to talk to people and people actually get to hear in a different area, in a different area of a location and social media outlet. So to me, this is a very humbling and very, and I I thank y'all so much for even thinking to bring me on here. Like, thank y'all so much.
0: You're very welcome. For the Grizzled veteran, Michael McCurdy, I'm Glenn Broggett. You've been listening to Rasslin' Memories Then and Now.